the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Church, Jesus is coming back. The, the same Bible that teaches us that, that Jesus came and was born of a virgin says to us that we, like the Jews of the Old Testament, should anticipate the coming of the Christ. For us, it's the second coming. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. I want you to take your copy of God's Word and turn with me in the Bible to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, that's going to be the passage of Scripture that we dive into for these next few minutes. We're continuing this series, Unwrapped. And today, as I often do, I begin with a question. Do you ever struggle with a fear of failure? Uh... It may be in an assignment that you have. It could be in your job, relationship, even the relationship of marriage, your faith. I remember coming through my educational process, this reoccurring dream that I would have. And this dream would be that I would get to the end of the period. I, I did it in high school. I dreamed to get in college. I did it again in seminary. And I would dream that it was the time for me to graduate. And yet there, there was some class that I'd forgotten to attend. And, and so when I was supposed to graduate, I didn't. I failed. And that fear of failure, it would still be with me when I would wake up. What if there were something in life that you could say, I can hold on to this. This will never fail. It's fail-proof. That's what we're going to talk about today in one of the more familiar verses in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, 8. It says, love never fails. But let's back up. We've been talking about spiritual gifts. Let me remind you what those spiritual gifts are. They are divine or God-given abilities that enable you, a follower of Christ, to serve and to minister for the glory of God. We believe that when you become a follower of Christ, God gifts you not only salvation. He gifts you not only the Holy Spirit. He gifts you spiritual gifts. But spending my life around people like us, around churches, I've recognized that a lot of people never unwrap the gifts given by God. They never utilize them. Maybe they never discover them. And, and, And so we're trying to help you recognize that when you unwrap your gift, life is more enjoyable for you. You find more fulfillment. You feel like you're making a difference. When you unwrap your gift, not only life is more enjoyable for you, but the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is built up. It's always edified. It's made better because we need each other. And when you unwrap your gifts, you discover that Jesus is always exalted. 
Because here's what happens. People begin to see God at work through you. That really is the design. That's why God gives us these gifts that make a difference in our world. We even spent some time discovering that from Romans chapter 12, it's implied that there are some gifts that every church needs. There's a multitude of gifts in Scripture, but some of these gifts every church needs. And and I believe every Christ follower is really motivated by one of these spiritual gifts. Do you remember what they were? It was prophecy and serving and teaching and exhortation and, and giving and leadership and mercy. And we ask you to begin to think about those gifts and and to wonder, what gift do I have? And and so today we've given you a practical tool to help you do that. And if you don't like paper, there's even one of these QR codes that you can use your phone, take a picture and fill this out online. But we're asking every one of you to to just take a stab at this and, and say, what do I think my gifts that are my primary driving gifts may be. You can take this with you or you can deposit it with us. You can put it in one of the giving towers or leave it in your seat. You can fill this out online. And then we want you to not only circle that, but to circle where in the Lord's church you think you feel a a drive to use that gift. Because we want to see you enjoy life more. We, We want to see the church edified and we want to see Jesus exalted. So some of you are saying, well, now, what if I don't know? How do I find this out? You began just by asking some question. Where's your passion? What are you passionate about? When, when you find yourself talking about the things of God, what are you passionate about? Where do you find fulfillment? What do you enjoy doing? Some of you may have a talent as a, a communicator, but it's not your spiritual gift to be a biblical teacher. And and so because you communicate well, you've been a part of a church and you're always thrown into that teaching role and you think, I don't like this. We don't want that for you. The, The reality is when you live your life out that way, you begin to kind of burn out because you're doing it in the flesh. You're not doing it in the spirit. So what brings you that fulfillment? What encourages you? And where do you seem to be effective? What do you do that when you do it in your spiritual journey, others are looking at you and and they're encouraged by that, or maybe they encourage you. Now, if you want a little bit of deeper uh, journey in this, we have a class that's specifically designed to help you discover your gifting. And you're in luck because the next one is beginning this Wednesday evening. We would love for you to be a part of that here on our central campus and experience how to discover your spiritual gift. But here's what I know. At Mission Hill, at this church, we want every Christ follower to unwrap unwrap their gifts and get involved serving the church for the glory of God. That's our design. So this isn't just a, a message series that's supposed to entertain you or to inform you. This is supposed to equip you to get out of your seats and serve in the body of Christ. But before we can do that, we need to be aware of something. Paul has this big discussion to the church at Corinth about spiritual gifting. And he's addressing a problem. That's clear. And after he talks about all these different gifts at the end of 1 Corinthians 12, he says this, are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? 
eagerly desire the greater gifts. But then he finishes by saying this, and just now I'll show you the most excellent way. I hope you're following along in chapter 12 because you see that at the end of the passage. I'll show you the most excellent way. What is the excellent way? It's as if Paul was saying, hey, before you proceed, before you do your part as the body, because remember he said we're all part of the body. Some of you are a big toe. Some of you are a nose. Some of you are ear. Some of you are arm. Some of you are hand. Some of you are internal organs. We're all part of the body. But before you begin to live out your role in the body, make sure, stop before you proceed. I think God was trying to remind me of this principle this week. Because as I was doing my morning routine uh, early in the morning, taking my daughter to school, um, I dropped her off. I had come back through. I was just, I have a routine. I was listening to a podcast that I always listen to after I dropped her off from school. I was back into my neighborhood. I, I, I just had two turns and I would be at my house. I could almost see my house from where I was. And so I made my way around that first turn and and then I noticed something. I noticed there was flashing behind me and it was very colorful. There were lots of lights. I'm thinking, what's going on? What's happening here? It's early in the morning. And then I realize I'm being pulled over. And I can see my house. And I know that where I'm being pulled over is right between two church members' houses. And so I'm panicking. I I roll down the window and, and I start making hand gestures that now I recognize the officer had no way of knowing what I was saying because I was just pointing to my house and as if I was pleading from within, can I just go to my driveway to, to talk to you? But so I finally just stopped. And this kind Temple Terrace police officer walked up and said, Sir, know why I pulled you over? No, ma'am. She said, you didn't stop at that stop sign. Now, you know what, what went through my mind? I instantly began to think, ma'am, do you know how many bad people do bad things around here? I think they sell drugs, not just around that corner. I'm confident that I sometimes worry about my children or my dog if he's out because people speed down this street. And I just didn't come to a complete stop and you're pulling me over at 745 in the morning. And and then it hit me. She was just doing her job. I hadn't done what I was supposed to do. That little red sign doesn't mean just slow down and continue on your journey. It means stop before you proceed. And that what, that's what Paul's saying. He's saying before you go out into the world as the body of Christ using these gifts, stop and understand this. And notice what he says next. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong 
or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and, and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I have not love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It, it does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It, it keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. Always trust. Always hopes. Always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. When I was a child, I, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully. Even as I'm fully known. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we have gathered for the purpose of encountering you. So we've just read your perfect word. Words that have withstood centuries and millennia. These particular words are words that are familiar even to those who don't understand who you are and how you expressed love to us. And the reality is, Lord, these particular words are words that even in the church are, are often not very well applied. So help us. Give us what we need that we don't have. Teach us those things we need to learn that we don't know. And most of all, Jesus Transform us into your image more so today because we have been here. 
Lord, I, I pray that today someone would understand the love of God and what that means. Draw someone to yourself, Jesus. Help them recognize that you love them in spite of who they are and what they've done and allow them to experience salvation. And so, Lord, I pray that the words I say and even my thoughts would be pleasing to you. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Why would Paul say, after outlining all these gifts and, and sharing the importance of using your gift, why, why would he say that love was the most excellent way? What's he teaching us? Well, I want us to back up and understand something. So let me just ask if you agree with some assumptions. As, as we read Scripture we believe Jesus is God, right? Okay. And, and we do that. Let me just back that up biblically. Matthew one twenty three: the virgin shall be with child and, and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. So even before Jesus is born, we're told he is God. Then when he comes, he says in John eight fifty eight: I, I tell you the truth, he answered, before Abraham was born, I am. Yeah, that one got him in trouble. How about this one, John 10, 30? He says, I and the Father are one. Just a reminder, that is what got the Jews mad. It wasn't the healing. It wasn't the miracles. It wasn't the promise of salvation, really. It was that he claimed to be God, and so he forgave sin. Paul teaches us that the early church embraces for in Colossians 2 9 it says for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in the bodily form. So Jesus is God. That's our first agreement. Um, Second thing we believe biblically that God is love right. (laughs) Let's back that one up. We believe biblically that God is love right. Yeah, of course, and, and we draw that from 1 John 4, 8. Uh, whoever does not love does not know God because, let's say it together, God is love. So just think about something. If Jesus is God and God is love, therefore, if we want to be Christ-like, we must be loving. Now, by the way, if the Christ-like life is love, What is the anti-Christ-like life? It's hate. The opposite of love is hate. Some would say indifference, but I think hate. So I tend to agree with my friend, Pastor Jim Simla. I look at our world, the division, the hatred that we see everywhere. Even in the church, I think we're living in the days of the spirit of the Antichrist. Because it's not the spirit of Christ that we see. And and so this is vitally important. This passage is essential for these days. So back to Paul, he's reminding the Corinthian church that it's possible to use the spiritual gifts, but not do it in a loving way. It's possible to use them in the flesh. And when you use those gifts in the flesh, they become useless. 
I mentioned to you uh, for most of my adult life as I've kind of examined my spiritual gifting, it always lands uh, on that gift of prophecy, which is one who speaks forth the truth of God, not afraid, not ashamed to, to tell the truth of God, kind of bold. What happens when I walk in the flesh? Well, I can come across as harsh or uncaring. Man, guess what? I'm I'm still under construction. He's still working on me to make me what I I want to be. And so there's a lot of times I have to apologize because I I see how I've come across, even though I may not have attended that way, even though some of that is my makeup, it's the flesh and it's wrong. And and we have to be aware of that. So Paul explains that in verse 1. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I'm a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. Uh, Imagine... Imagine if our drummer would have stayed in his little cage back there. And then the whole time I was talking, he just stayed on the cymbal. Or he just rang a gong. How would you be able to concentrate? How would you be able to focus? What would you be zeroed in on? It would be that sound. And Paul's saying, if you do the greatest things, but you don't have love, it's just noise. I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge. And then notice this. If I have the faith to move mountains. But I have not love. I'm nothing. What about this? If I give all I possess to the poor and and surrender my body to the flames. But I have not love. I gain nothing. So he introduces this most excellent way by Telling us about the primacy of love. This is the thing. This is the big deal. This is what he wants you to stop. And notice. So what is love? Is it that feeling that you feel when you feel a feeling you never felt before? Is it what we see represented on the stage and the screen? Is is it what we hear streamed and recorded? Is it like the songs say? Love is a feeling. Love is a many-splendored thing. Love is all you need. Love lifts us up where we belong. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. I mean, is that where we're going to rest? Most of you know in the Greek New Testament, there were three words for love. There was the phileo love, which was a brotherly love. We get the city of Philadelphia's name from that, the city of brotherly love. There's eros, which was more a sensual, erotic love. We get our word erotic from that, and, and we think about more sensual things. And then there's the word agape. And Paul uses that word agape here, which means a deep, abiding, self-sacrificing love. And so what is he saying? You can have right theology, believe the right things. You can have good religious practices, do the right things. You can have deep emotion. You can even feel the right things. But if you don't have love, then he gives us a most extreme example. His last two examples are pretty easy to understand. If I gave everything I had to the poor, I mean, on this side of heaven, we look at that and think, now that's a loving person. But listen, he says, if I gave everything I had to the poor that I didn't love, it doesn't mean anything. And then, notice it, read it again. If I burn at a stake, implied, 
Because he had talked about this, even because of his faith. So even martyrdom, paying that ultimate price, if it's done with the wrong motivation, if it's not done out of love, it's nothing. What he's saying, this is a big deal. He's saying everything minus love equals nothing. So you've got to understand the primacy, the place of love and what it should be in our life. But he doesn't stop there, right? Fortunately, he gives us the particulars of love. (laughs) We don't have to wonder what love looks like. So some of you, if, if I were to come up and we were to have a private conversation, and I would say, are you a loving person? Some of you would instantly say, yeah, I think I am. Because that's easy. Because like I've said, the, the definition is so broad. We've defined love from songs, from, from movies, from seventh grade relationships, from, hey, I, I love that steak or I, I love those flowers. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.